Hi everyone, Brutal Bob here. I just have to pre-warn everyone about this episode. Unfortunately, there is an issue with it. Gareth, in his infinite wisdom, has decided to record his section with Ollie a little differently, making him a massive twat. Unfortunately, his voice is barely hearable, and although I have tried to work my magic, I'm not Harry fucking Potter. So, again, apologies for this week's episode. Hopefully next week, he can pull his finger out of his arse and record an episode fucking normally. Have a good day. Oh, hello. Welcome to episode 36 of the Top 2 Inches Rugby Podcast, brought to you as ever by iSpy Surveys, the go-to specialist survey and inspection company based in Exeter, Devon. Ollie has reassured me that he will definitely be here for this podcast. He has had no hangover. He is feeling as fresh as a daisy and is raring to go and review the latest round of the Gallagher Premiership. Obviously, getting to the final stages of the competition, a really interesting round, and in my opinion, quite a lot to talk about. We'll also check in on the latest news. Obviously, uh, the South African squad has been named for the Lions Tour. Interesting squad, looks quite strong. We'll chat about that in more depth. We'll also check in on the uh, fantasy rugby. My victory last week in the round, has that continued this week? Fingers crossed. Um, I think that's about it. Let's just crack on with this episode. Hello, mate. Right. How you doing? You all recover from your hangover? <laughs> Hello, mate. Yes, I am. Thank you very much. Long thanks for the weekend hangover, was it? Yeah. No, very funny. I obviously heard your uh, solo episode in the week, mate. I um, Yeah, sorry, I missed out last week. I am um, suffering from a bit of man flu, basically, but um, all is well now. Just a bit of a... Sexy, uh, horsey voice now, but <clears throat> that's going as well. Is that what they call four double vodkas and some, uh, what they call Jägermoms, is it? Uh, uh, man blue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Two old Jägermoms, crikey. I can't remember the last time I had one of them. We, we, yeah, definitely, mate. Very, very slow for that, both of us. I have to admit, mate, it was very strange not having you around. It is quite difficult chatting on your own. Um, but, you know, did I do all right? That's the question. Do I even use them anymore? We didn't understand it. Is it doing anything like this is uh, harder on your own, isn't it? But I, I found your episode very uh, useful is probably the best way. Like I, in, in the week, I was struggling to sleep a bit with my bad illness. So I uh, I used it a couple of nights just to see me off to sleep, mate. So it's very, very good. <laughs> well, mate, I'm, I'm just so glad that I could be a victim in your hour of me. Uh, you're more than welcome. <laughs> no, I joke, but yeah, it was very good. It's very, very good indeed. Very, very professional. Thank you. Your voice sounds well spooky. Anyway, let's crack on because there's quite a lot to get us through. I'm sure you're looking forward to all the chat around Leicester and Bristol. <laughs> yeah, high, highlight of the weekend, eh? Yeah. Anyway, let's start where we always start with the news from the uh, on the BBC. Um, so, poor old Porter. Uh, is out of the Lions squad due to a toe injury. Kyle Sinclair has been called up. Great news for Sinclair. Fat news for Porter. But I'm sure Kyle would have rather, you know, not been in, in the squad on, on an injury basis and would have kind of wanted to be in uh, you know, on his own merit, maybe? Yeah, obviously, mate, but I don't think he's going to... Uh, not going to knock it, is he, being called up, mate? But 
Um, but yeah, obviously sad for Porter. Just uh, it's always the way, isn't it? I think it's probably going to be uh, uh, sadly a couple of more changes to the squad than normally is, isn't there, with the Lions squad because they slept it well before the end of the season, isn't it? So um, yeah, unfortunately, might be a few two of the selected originally selected guys also losing out. But um, yeah, good good news for. Anyone, anyone who gets called up and Sinclair being the first, isn't it? So, yeah, I don't, I, to be honest, it was, he was in our squad, wasn't he? I think a lot of people would have picked him in the initial squad. So, um, yeah, fair, fair play to be there, isn't it? It's uh, good that he gets his chance now, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I agree, I agree with that one. I think oh, that's his emotional interview that he did after missing out. <laughs> yes, that may be helpful, I don't know. I don't know. So we'll see. Hopefully he's definitely going to push for a, a test spot. I think he's obviously always going to be behind uh, Furlong, but I think definitely see him getting that. He's probably, he's probably, I would have thought, sort of solid, potentially test bench now, isn't he? But all can definitely be contesting for that. Yeah. Okay, so figure four for him. Um, so the news, interesting news coming out of Munster. Uh, so Munster South African quartet sustained burns after a player threw petrol on a fire. So Munster quartet CJ Fander, Damien Delando, uh, RJ Kleim and Mike Haley have been injured after one of the players threw petrol on a fire. Uh, so let's see, Delando and Snyman um, have had to be specialists about their injuries. Haley and uh, Sander suffered burns to their hands. Obviously, it will lead on to this in a second. Snyman and Delando have been selected in the Lions squad, uh, South African squad, sorry, for the Lions tour. Um, I don't think it's been, I think they were quite lucky, really, looking at what it says here. They're hoping to return to training this week. Just shows don't play with fire, doesn't it? <laughs> play with fire. Moral of the story. I hadn't heard that one, actually, mate, but. Um... I kind of bit of a back almost non non related rugby rugby story, isn't it? But um, <laughs> interesting one nonetheless. I don't know, mate. I I actually just when I I only re- uh, saw the, saw the headline that he's um, leaving Bristol. I, I assumed I don't know for definite, but I think I think he's probably uh, around retirement age. So I just assumed it was retirement, but um, I might be wrong. He might be going for a, um, like a final contract somewhere else. I don't know, but. You don't seem to stay in the report, so we'll have to wait to see what happens with him. But I mean, a cracking player, he's been around at some Premiership clubs, um, and obviously played a, an important role in Saturday's victory over Tigers. Um, a bit more Stuart Street signed for Falcons, Cox, the Worcester back Rose, going to retire. Against Exeter, 
for that team, well, actually, yeah, his season over, basically, and I guess he's going to miss a couple of games. Three, three games? Yeah. Yeah, that might scupper his chance of a England squad call-up as well, if he was potentially... I would have if, thought if, he was in the mix, because he was playing quite well. Yeah, yeah, you would have thought he'd be in the mix for a possible selection, isn't it? So um, that might have scuppered it because he'll, yeah, he's only got one more Prem game left, isn't it? So that, that in theory, would be counted as two, two international games then, wouldn't it? Which is, I think, what, are England only playing two, aren't they? Or yeah, is it three? Yeah. yeah. So that's, uh, that'll be him out of contention then, won't it? Yeah, I would have thought so. Yeah. That's, uh, that's for him, but, yeah. And on, on Northampton, I heard a rumour, I think it's the Montpellier going for the duo, is that right? Yeah, Courtney Laws and... Um, Dan Bigger. Yeah, to, to Montpellier. Yeah, which would be interesting. Now. Don't know, yeah. it's all about the money sometimes. Um. No, you don't know. It's, it's obviously just a rumour at this stage, isn't it? But I heard a rumour of George Ford being tapped up by someone in one of the French sides as well. And was that Montpellier as well? Or was that... Did you hear that one? I did hear that one. I can't remember who, who, who was supposed to be tapping up there. I want to say George Ford, but as I'm saying it, it I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Sorry, I, I want to say Montpellier, yeah? Yeah, I'm, I thought it was as a, a replacement for um, Pollard, who I think is his contract's due to expire at the end of next season, isn't it? Yeah. But they're not going to take Ford and Big Brother, so they're obviously just in the market to replace Pollard. But <laughs> I can't see Ford going itself. No, I don't. I don't. You, I don't know. If, if his England days are over, then Ooh, um, be more, more of a carrot, wouldn't it? But then, on the other hand, it depends what what his individual uh, personal aspirations are. I suppose, isn't it? Is he a a Tigers man through and through, or is he happy to, or got a desire to sort of go and? Try other cultures and games and stuff, isn't it? But a lot of the a lot of the players do, don't they? When they're not in international connection, contention yeah. anymore. Yeah, no, they do, mate. So you'd have to wait and see. But I, I, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. And um, so just before we move on to the Gallagher Premiership, the last piece of news, obviously, um, South Africa have named a preliminary preliminary, preliminary squad for the British side team. I think it's made of about forty-five players. Um, have you had a chance to look at it? What do you think of it? Yeah, I haven't studied it in detail, in all honesty, but um, it, I mean, it's a huge squad, isn't it? <laughs> um, was the, the first sort of take on it, but um, I, th I think um, are they, they potentially naming a, a South Africa A side out of that as well, I think, aren't they? Because uh, yeah, yeah. um, all, all in the same bubble, I think, isn't it, if I understand it correctly? So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, Obviously, a lot of the big names that you would you would fully expect, a lot of the World Cup final guys, isn't it? Um, win, winning guys. Quite a, um, few, quite a few players in the Premier League as well, really. Yeah, that that's probably 
Wise from Leicester. Five, yeah. Uh, Dupree Brothers, isn't it? And it was four from sale, wasn't it? Yeah, the Easterhaven, the top as well from sale. Yeah, yeah. and obviously Faf, Faf the general. Uh, um, but yeah, and then Stain, Stain Brothers was probably a bit of a surprise, isn't it? Not Brothers, but the two Stains. Yeah, Mornay and Francois. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I don't actually know as we say that. I don't think they are, mate. No, I don't think they are, but... Uh, Just as obviously they both played against Lions when they last scored. Did they both? Did they? I know Mornstein did, but they both did, did they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Francois did as well. I've got a vague recollection in one of the tests in going for a monster drop goal, which is completely hooked. That's pretty impressive. Isn't it? There's not many, there's not many uh, guys that get to do that. Um, no. You know, it's quite it's quite unusual to go on two Lions tour as a Lions player, isn't it? For and that comes around every four years, but you're talking every twelve years for playing against yeah. the Lions, isn't it? So, I think uh, Schmidt did it, didn't he? Yeah, I think he did. Well, I don't know who else. Be interested to know how many. Anyway, going, sorry, going off a bit off piece a bit there, mate. But there's not can't be that many players that get to do it, is it? No, exactly. Not, can't be that many really. It's a long it's a long playing career, whatever. Twelve years, isn't it? So. Anyway, carry on. I don't know. <laughs> Pausing a bit right. too long on that one. No, that's all right. That's okay. Um, so let's, let's leave that there. Let's get on to the Gallagher Premiership. Uh, and Friday night game, Harlequins against Sale. Um, Sale obviously gave Harlequins a lesson in every aspect of the game. I think we need to take into consideration the fact that it was the second string Harlequins. Obviously, they made the decision to leave out the likes of uh, Smith, um, Danny Kerr, Mara, um, you know, all the kind of big names. Still had a couple of good guys in their merchant, um, people who could and keep Um as, as you expected, I mean, stay up at 45, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two, three, four, five, six, six tries in all, 45, 12, 12 is me. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I predicted a sale win. I think you went for Quinn, didn't you? Yeah. Um, when Lundahu scored his first try in, like, in the early stages of the game, I thought, hello, here we go. Um, but then Sale just powered on. <laughs> it's and never going to... So, no, I, I, yeah, it, well, it just Sale, just apart from that <laughs> early try, just completely dominated, didn't they? But um, you 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 wouldn't expect anything different, I think. Looking at the team sheets, was it Pre- no, pretty much pretty much full strength sale against uh, uh nowhere close to full strength Quins, wasn't it? So, do you think that's I because- I on that, mate? Other than I'm, I was very impressed by Sale, and I think they 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 are genuine contenders now. Not not saying they weren't before, but just. The way they've sort of built momentum in the last few rounds, um, and people people are saying like uh, Chiefs have got the edge because they've got obviously Rob Baxter, but a lot of the players in the club this part of the season knowing how to do it. They've been there and done it for the last few seasons, but then uh, Sale as a club and group of players haven't been necessarily here. But um, Sanderson can certainly bring that experience, can't he? So uh, 
Yeah, uh, so I, I just, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm more more impressed than I ever have been with Sale over the last couple of rounds, and uh, they've also got a lot of their big name, influential players coming back from uh, periods out from injury or whatever just at the right time, haven't they? I know, uh, obviously, Manu Tuolagi started, didn't he? And John O'Ross came off the bench. Um, the name but two, isn't it? So uh, it's looking... Uh, it's, it's all it's all good signs, I think, for sale. So uh, yeah, definitely. they're definitely contenders, I think, aren't they? Yeah, I, I, I would totally agree with that. I think they're, they're, they're running to the end of the season. Obviously, I know they've got to go to exit, but it's all quite interesting in the last the season. But just, just to go back on Harlequin, I just wonder, do you think Harlequin's fancy of change is more against Bristol away than maybe they would have, you know, going, going up to Sarah, taking the win and maybe getting extra turf away? That, does that make sense? If, if things lie as they are now with Harlequin's fourth, third, and third, do you think they fancy their chances more against Bristol than they did at against Yeah, po- possibly. I, I, I don't really. You'll never really, we'll never know the, the exact reasons why they've done it this way. But um, pr- probably, you would say you'd, if you were Quinns, you'd 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 fancy playing Bristol rather than Chiefs um, or Sale, really, just because uh, probably Bristol and and Quinns are a bit more similar in the style of play, whereas Sale and Chiefs Chiefs are a bit uh, are both similar to each other but different to Quinns, if you know what I mean. Um, with the, the the real physical game, which uh, Quinns can potentially come up stuck against, isn't it? But um, yeah, I don't I don't know really, mate. I, I guess uh, it might be a slightly more favourable looking fixture to play Bristol rather than Chiefs. Um, what on on the premise that Quinns do score quite a lot of times and might be able to outscore outscore them? Yeah, p- possibly. Or you know, yeah, if it's just a really open game and then. They'll, they'll fancy the chances against anyone, won't they? If it's a, a try fest, but um, and I, I also I think you know if you're looking at it, it it's potentially always going to be a real bruiser of a game going up and and really giving Sailor a, a run for their money last weekend. So um, you know, bearing in mind injuries to your key players and all that as well, so that probably comes into the thinking, doesn't it? Yeah, no, no I agree. Okay, well, but, let's move um, on. Yeah. But yeah, that's. I would say that's probably the most convincing game or win of the round, wasn't it? The Bath, Bath Gloucester. Easy win there. Easy win. Um. Right. Newcastle Worcester. Yep. I'm losing Tigers for the end, basically, mate. Um, so Newcastle 24-14 victory at home against Worcester. Um, Newcastle was just particularly dominant in the first half. Um, I felt sorry for Worcester. Nice, they got a couple of times in the second half though, and they, they kind of continued, you know, to progress as they are. Um, but still, obviously, not getting that they do progress improve the next season, don't they? Yeah. Um... And in all honesty, I, I, I thought, I mean, Wor- Worcester's sort of come, comeback, so to speak, was was sort of too little, too late, and um, also I think you, you know you just naturally Newcastle have sort of taken their foot off the gas a bit, haven't they? So, uh, did you say the scoreline flattered them a bit, or? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I,
Newcastle, yeah. No, no, I didn't know. Did you, uh, Worcester? Ah, oh, maybe, well, maybe now, yeah, think about it. But yeah, you're right, he did sort of score late on, didn't he? Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's what I thought. I thought, um, I mean, it, I don't think they scored a point until like the 60 or 70, 60th or 70th minute or something like that, wasn't it? But, yeah, no, um, but um, so, I, yeah, I, I thought the scoreline at the final scoreline was, wasn't that, uh, it was fairly close, wasn't it? So it sort of flattered Worcester more than the game actually panned out, if you know what I mean. But yeah, good, good. Yeah. Very yeah, old well, was pretty useful, wasn't he? Got a double try, didn't he? A brace. Um, okay, let's um, park that one. London Irish against Watts. I mean, Watts come out with a, so at half time, Watts was 33 10 down, come back to win 39 36. Uh, Bassett's got a couple of tries, Willis got a hat trick, he did me a favour from the fancy rugby. London Irish in the first half was just dominant in every facet of the game. And it was just like in the second half they stopped playing uh, and Watts decided to start playing. And it was a total role reversal of the first half. Yeah, uh, I can't really say add any more to that, mate. Like you say, just li- a literal game of two hours, wasn't it? All, all London Irish pretty much in the first half, and and Wasp were were very impressive in the second half. I thought, um, and uh, pip, pipped it at the end, didn't they? I think um, London Irish will be pretty disappointed to lose that one. I think. Yeah, to let much of a league. 33-10, you say, wasn't it? Yeah, so with Bath's historic victory over Gloucester and the West Country Derby, and Irish has lost, that now means that Irish are out of the top eight and Bath are in the eighth position, so what? So, interesting. Yeah, I think they're definitely going to be annoyed with that one, actually. Yeah, it's, all, it's good, though. It's all down to the uh, to the final round, though, still, isn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and then we're going to jump to Sunday. Another really interesting game. Uh, Exeter were 18 0 down at half time. Um, I tweeted about it. Rob Baxter used to have a bit of a chat in the changing room. They came out, scored four tries in the second half. Um, but again, Northampton kept it close um, and you know, nearly could have took it at the end. I just thought Courtney, La- Courtney Laws was looking you know, pretty, pretty special. He got subbed off after 60 minutes. Obviously, Ribbons is. Cards 14 minutes into the game, red cards wouldn't have helped Saints, but it didn't look like it impacted too much. They kept their game plan, they kept attacking Exeter, nullified Exeter with attack at the breakdown. But then again, it looked like in the second half, maybe they kind of eased off a little bit. Maybe they were a little bit worried about going too hard and risking other yellow cards. And, you know, but it was a really, really good game. I really enjoyed watching it. Yes, mate, yeah, and agreed. Yeah, look, Laws and Dan Bigger were. Outstanding, um, as as was uh, set well, and certainly in the first half, several of the Northampton players, Hutchinson had a. But yeah, Chiefs. Uh, I think Baxter, um, like you say. Oh mate, I think he's lost it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what's going on there, but he's completely gone. Can you hear me? Yeah, that's good. You're back now. Uh, yeah, half-time team talk. Baxter certainly did the job there, didn't he? Because Chiefs were, uh, well, they they were extra Chiefs in the second half, where they weren't in the first half, were they? So, uh, 
But uh, yeah, that, I just that that red card from Ribbons as well. It was um, it was a silly one, wasn't it? And uh, although, like you say, they they um, seem to really contest, even or despite the red card in the first half, it's just one of those, isn't it? You you'll never know now. You know what what difference that would have made on the game over the full eighty minutes because it was fairly early on, wasn't it? Was it thirteen minutes or something like that into the game, wasn't it? So, uh, it being for that long um, is going to have an impact, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. exactly. But, um, yeah, not much more to say, but he's still looking good other than needed to wake up <laughs> in the first half, that's all. Yeah, no, absolutely. So let, let's get on to possibly the most controversial game of the weekend, the Tigers against Bristol. Uh, and I know you've been really enthusiastic about chatting about this. You've got a lot to say. Uh, what was your view on everything that happened in the last sort of ten minutes of the game? Uh, uh, what was my view? Um, uh, it was a pile of shite. <laughs> uh, it, it was just a massive uh, kerfuffle, wasn't it? It was just ridiculous, really. But. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I've got I've got sort of mixed feelings over a lot of it, and uh, I, I'm not one. I, like we've we've said before with incident individual incidents in games, whether whether it be red cards or, or whatever. I I'm very much one to um, I, I don't really like to go into things in too much detail. Once once the game's done, the referee's decision's done, the game's that's that's it as far as I'm concerned because it's uh, it's done and dusted there within the 80 minutes or or the 80 plus injury time or whatever it was. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, whether you agree or disagree with it, it, it's it's kind of irrelevant, isn't it? Because it's done and dusted. But um, uh, but I suppose did separate you, on this. Did you, think, did you think that Pat Lamb was trying to manipulate the situation a little bit? In all honesty, I, I don't know. Yes, yes, he could have been. He's he's a you know, but it's a professional game, isn't it? So um, they're all every, every single director of rugby, every single club is trying to do things all the time to try and just gain that competitive edge, isn't it? So uh, I'm not saying I agree with what happened there or with other things that are done in that sort of uh, air, but um, no, it was just a kerfuffle, mate. But at the end of the day, the referees dealt with it there and then, didn't they, as they saw fit and the game came to an end um, and Bristol won. Tigers lost. I liked all that. All that. That was. It's nice to see. Nice to see a bit of niggle in the game, isn't it? But because you don't, you don't. What's that? I really did like it. It was nice to see a bit of passion and a bit of nasty. Yeah, uh, and, and, and I agree from from the player. I mean, Afoa. He, he obviously he had a word. He didn't just give a little shot. He had a word, and you never know what he said. He had a he had a word in Wigglesworth here, didn't he? Which is probably what rolled him more. But um, uh, yeah. But uh, that that as I say that that. 
that it's not necessarily a good part of the game, but it is nice to see a bit of that niggle, especially uh, when two two teams have gone hammer and tong at each other, and it's gone down to the well, literally into injury time to to, to sort of decide it, isn't it? So it's it's nice to see that. What I would say on that though is actually I think uh, in in different ways, neither or Borthwick and um, Pat Lamb could have handled them themselves better personally as directors of rugby. Um, Pat Lamb, because he just wasn't clear enough um, in what he was saying, essentially, was it? Um, whether whether that was intentional or not, but he wasn't clear enough. And Borthwick, I just thought, show, showed a side which probably hasn't come out since his actual playing career and probably shouldn't come out as a director of rugby where he's just literally just shat, st- stood there shouting at Pat Lamb and the referee saying, he's lying, you're a liar. But, um, it's, you know, you, I, I think as a director of rugby, I mean, it's good to have passion, but you should be uh, con- controlling yourself a bit more professionally. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I, have to, I, think, I think you're probably right. There. I, don't, I don't think, you know, I've got a lot of respect for Pat Lamb. I think he's a great player. He's come a long way. He's done a great job with this sort. And I don't think he showed himself in a particularly good light, realistically. And I understand what you're saying in terms of, you know, every club's trying to get everyone up on, on you know, trying to do what they can for their club. But at the same time, there's a lot of confusion, a lot of, you know, what the hell is kind of going wrong. And, yeah, I get your point about Borderlands. The minute I kind of saw him on the camera prowling behind, I thought, hello, hello, this is all going to go too strong in a minute. He's going to go massive, massive ruckus. Um, but I do think it needs to be investigated by the RFU. I think it's, you know, if nothing else, to kind of stamp it out in the game in future, because, you know, if a thrower had come, wasn't coming back on, that would, like we know, it would have meant that they were down to 13 men. And yeah, that but that... But, um, but, but wanted the scrum, didn't he, though? So he didn't want that to happen. Did he? But it's just... Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, if, if Prem Rugby or whatever want to investigate them, but I, I don't actually think anything was done against breaking the rules because uh, the referees uh, analysed it and made the decision there and there, isn't it? And they know the rules better than any of us. Um, so, personally, I think even if there's an investigation, it won't come out any different. And I, I just try to look at it as a bigger picture as well and, you know, would it have actually changed that one uh, controversial incident? Would it have actually changed the result of the game? Um, I, you could argue it might have, but also you could very much argue, no, it probably wouldn't have. Bristol were the better team overall and, and deserved to win it, a lot of people would say. And then further than that, even if Leicester had won it, you know, grand scheme of things, does it really make a huge difference to the to the to the season, Bristol are probably going to still end up top or second and Leicester are probably going to end up somewhere between sixth and eighth in reality, isn't it? So whether whether they win or lose that game. So do you know what I mean? Just uh, the, the, the impact of that incident and the, the result of that game on the, the season as a whole, I don't think, uh, I don't think it's worth all the, <laughs> all the prima donna, Shouting and bawling that, that that was there, but there we go. It happened and move on. If there's an investigation, there's an investigation, mate. That's uh, out of our hands, mate. It's not for us, is it? No, no, no. It's no, but we're a podcast. We like to talk about controversy. So you were upset, okay. though, weren't? You? 
you you were pretty frustrated. Yeah, I, I I totally understand that. I totally understand. If you if you're a Tigers fan, you you're going to be peeved off. But um, but I'd also say uh, incidents that happen within the last moments of the game, certainly within the last fight, or if you're into injury time, get a lot more uh, focus and attention than instance maybe in the first 10, 15, 20 minutes of the game, don't they? Yeah, and I think I think also Forsyth probably knew that he'd done wrong because after the game and the interviews have been seen or things like that. He very much, up, he? Yeah, he kept his mouth shut, which I think is fair enough. I think yeah. there's one, one more interesting point that I want to raise and I'll stop going on about it. When all the kerfuffle would happen, I think it was this season, Harry Williams had been subbed off, a fight broke out in the next the game. He came in, Pulled a few people around and then got sent off of the red. He did that and then got slammed into the uh, sideboard by uh, Grinsley. I didn't, I have to admit, I didn't enjoy the kerfuffle. I thought that the pattern with the bit of middle was quite a bit fun. Um, but so, yeah, interesting. We'll see what happens if anything at all. Should we move on to predictions? So, say again, sorry? Did, did you get any of that or should we move on to predictions? Uh, I heard you saying about Nathan Hughes and were you saying should he get a ban like Harry Williams or well I know I just question it what your maybe maybe what your thought was um I don't know really mate I, I can't 100% recall I, I remember from what I remember of the Harry, Harry Harry Williams incident it was a bit more just him do you know what I mean um whereas this wasn't just Nathan Hughes from what I saw of it anyway it was it was um almost all the players involved wasn't it so um do you know what I mean yeah, I uh, so I, I don't know if I would pick out uh, one individual out of it, but um, but uh, again, it's almost nice to see that. But um, yeah, no, I agree. I enjoy, I, I enjoy your rough. But uh, yeah, no, I, I I get where where you're coming from on that. But I'm just I I can't without like viewing both of the the incidents together, sort of thing. Because as I say, I, I remember the Harry Williams against Sarries being just him getting involved in quite a big way whereas although Nathan Hughes stood out because he's one of those guys that stands out and, and it was Ellis Gen, so it's two big names in the game isn't it but um, there, there were there were other bibbed players involved as in bench players and stuff weren't there so um, it wasn't just Nathan Hughes and then the rest of the bench sat on the sat on the bench sort of thing was it so uh, okay uh, fair enough fair enough um, right let's move on Predictions for next week. I'm just very aware you're short on time now. Um, Super Saturday, all games kick off at 3 o'clock, so I will be prepared. Kids will be under the stairs, ready to watch as many games as possible. <laughs> uh, well, obviously, five point win for Bath. <laughs> right. uh, I think Northampton, mate. Well, I think Bath only need. One, I think uh, in reality, Bath only need one point out of it to secure eighth, as far as I know, um, or secure an eight, a top eight spot. Um, but no, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bat Bath definitely. I, 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 I think. A, I think it could be quite. Obviously, the weather's lovely. It's perfect, as we've seen with uh, many games over the last couple of weeks. It's perfect conditions for really good running rugby, um, and both of those sides can play some really good running rugby. So it could be a uh, a high-scoring defence optional uh, game. 
and I kind of hope it is because it'd be nice to see several tries from both sides. But I'm going to bar back, obviously, back Bath to uh, to do it. And also, you don't know now at this stage, Saints uh, are going to end fifth whether they win or lose this game. Um, so do they now think, okay, Dan Bigger, Courtney Laws, Lions guys, other internationals, um, your, your season's over, go and go and put your feet up and join your international camps or whatever, isn't it? But um, Or do they keep them and go gun-ho for the last game of the season? You would have thought with it being a an, almost an irrelevant game, as in, like I say, that the result doesn't make a difference on their position in the league, um, that the likes of Bigger and, and, and Laws may well be rested and, and Gatlin might be saying, could you please minimise their input sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think if, that, if it goes that way, then I would definitely be back in Bath. Yeah, I agree with everything you say, except I think Northampton will win. <laughs> of course you do. If that all does happen, I think Northampton have got enough quality in their youngsters to, to do Bath. Anyway, Bristol, London, Irish. Bristol, London, Irish. Uh, Bristol. I think again, it depends who. Yeah, I would say obviously I would say Bristol. But I think it depends on who's connected. Sale and Exeter round uh, game of the round probably. So, say again. Sale Exeter at at uh, Stanley Park. Oh, yeah, that that could be a humdinger. Um, and again, it's dependent on selections, isn't it? But I I, I think they might both go for this because it could end up being the semi-final isn't it so uh, um, I, I don't think either of them are the type to just go right just chuck a complete B team out so that it doesn't show anything because I think mentally you're better off going in on the front foot with a win into the semi aren't you so uh, personally I think they'll go as strong as they can um, and it, it could be another game but I'm going Chiefs yeah. for the win fielded last week it looks like I would say they're saving the big guns for this game so they rest them last week and then it's right let's let's win this one with momentum going into the semi isn't it but um so if they do that then yeah I would back Quinns but if they field similar team to last week I'd, I'd actually back Newcastle because Newcastle were on a good run at the moment but okay that's fair um what Leicester Wasps What about you, Tigers? Yeah, Tigers, surprisingly. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, we're going to run all over. Uh, we're going to run all over Watson. We'll be, yeah, yeah, no, Tigers all the way. Uh, I think you might be a surprise there, mate. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Gloucester, Worcester. Gloucester. Yeah, I'd say Gloucester as well. King at Kingsholm. No, that's six ways. Oh, is it? 
Uh, oh, it could be. I could be. Could be a good contest actually. But yeah, I, I, I'm going to go Gloucester still. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Gloucester. Um, okay, so that, that's it. Wraps up the predictions for next week. Um, Fancy rugby. Natural order was returned this week. You you came out on top in this round, surprisingly. Um, yep. I don't know when uh, Jones is actually selecting. Is it? Is it this week or next week? I think Thursday. So you might. You might have to. Well, let's just run through very quickly. So I would like to see, obviously, Marcus Smith. I would like to see Rafi Quirk, Ted Hill. Um... Who? Ted Hill. Ted Hill. Who was that before? Rafi Quirk. 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 The sales still half. Sales come up really okay. Yeah. Um, who else did I think? Um, Benny Stewart from the Tigers and oh, who's the other one? Oh, I've just done four. There you go. <coughs> uh, yeah, I mean, for me, Marcus Smith is the big one. Uh, he, I think he really needs to be good shot, and, and potentially Joe Simmons as well as the other number 10. Yeah, that was my other one. Um, and but I, I agree. Uh, Freddie Stewart fullback as well. I think he he deserves a shout at the fifteen. I think he could be one for the future. But Max Mallins personally is my number one starter for fifteen anyway. But him and Stewart for the fifteen spot would be good in the squad. Um, and I I went. Uh, Tom Willis and Ben Curry, actually, those two. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tom Willis did well this weekend. Got a Sorry? Tom Willis got a hat-trick this weekend. Got him 69 points in the fantasy league. That was nice. Yeah. But yeah. I think overall, I think, uh, I, overall, my, a lot of people are shouting, oh, I'll chuck all the youngsters in that. But I don't, I, I think, I think it should be more balanced than that, personally. I think, I think it should be just... The, the genuine um, sort of uh, yes and it, based on form with a mix of experience as well isn't it so you know you've got people like uh, Manu Tuolagi for example who is uh, uh, Sam, Sam Underhill do you, know, do you know what I mean there's, there's people who normally you would be naming so I, I'd like to see a, a bit of a mix but some 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 debutants in there as well, but um, for, for for you know trying out your youngsters, I think that that the introduction of the the a, England A team again is a great idea. So it'd be nice to see a lot of new guys given a run in that, isn't it? Because that's where they can really like the old Saxons. That was where you saw your your young talent coming through, wasn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, nice if they. I, I don't actually know whether that's just a one-off or whether they're looking to keep that going. But it'd be great if they can keep the England A going personally, especially with. You don't get the uh, the Prem Cup or anything like that to run your youngsters out these days, is it? In the Premiership, so uh, to no, have some yeah. internationally, it'd be good. Yeah. 
Say again. I can't hear you, mate. Alright, mate. Can we just leave it there then, and we'll we'll chat again next week? Yeah, cool. Alright, buddy. Very good. Very good, mate. Alright, see you soon. Thanks, buddy. Speak to you next week. So that was episode 36 of the Top 2 Inches Rugby Podcast. You can go over to Twitter and Instagram, give us a follow. We often post different kind of things on both those social uh, networking platforms. Ollie is obviously, as ever, in charge of Insta, and I am rocking it over on uh, Twitter. Podcast is available on all kind of major platforms such as Spotify, Anchor, YouTube, Apple Podcast. What else is there? Um, thanks again to iSpy Surveys for continuing to sponsor the podcast. Really appreciate all the uh, support that you give us week in, week out. And obviously, thank you to my partner in crime, my heterosexual life mate, Oliver, for coming over as ever and giving his views. We will be back next week with the final round of the uh Gallagher Premiership, who will make the playoffs? Well, we know who's made the playoffs, but what positions are they going to finish in? Let's find out next week. See you all soon.